Hello out there, bibliophiles, and welcome to another episode of Drew Archives in 10. I'm Andrew Salvati, adjunct professor of media and communications here at Drew University. And joining me today via Zoom is interim manager of Methodist Library and Special Collections, Candace Riley. Good morning, Candace. Good morning, Andrew. How are you doing today? I'm doing fine. How about you? Very well, very well. So what do you have for us? So uh, today we are featuring our, our last special feature for Black History Month, and we are looking at today a book about Sojourner Truth. The title of the book is Narrative of Sojourner Truth um, by Gilbert, and this book was published in 1875. This book comes from our Methodist collection because uh, Sojourner Truth was a Methodist minister. Uh, so we're lucky to have quite a few books about Sojourner Truth within our collections at the Drew University Methodist Archives. But I really wanted to talk about Sojourner Truth today because I was so greatly inspired to learn more about her. After reading a book I read over the summer called Why They Marched, Untold Stories of the Woman Who Fought for the Right to Vote by Suzanne Ware. And this book was really great to read, obviously, um, in the fall of 2020 because it was the anniversary of like this woman's time to, to vote. And we were going to do an exhibit, but it fell through, obviously, because of the COVID-19 pandemic. Yeah. It's some social media posts to kind of honor these women, especially the ones that Suzanne Ware was talking about that are often not promoted in a lot of news sources. So besides the Susan B. Anthony or Elizabeth Cady Staten, these are the women that may have done a lot of work, but never acknowledged for that. And she focuses on 19 activists within her own novel. That and, sounds great. Yeah. And Sojourner Truth was one of them. She was instrumental in the women's right to vote movement. So the book we have here is not in the best condition. The binding is unfortunately falling apart a little bit, um, but we have within a lot of the volumes um, about Sojourner Truth's life, next to the title page, you have an image of Sojourner. Yep, there she is. There she is. And the one here is um, a sketch, but a lot of the books include a photograph or you know, a copy of a photograph of Sojourner. And those photographs are called carte vistas. And she utilized this type of photograph in the best way possible. And a lot of art historians talk about her use of staging her image to promote herself and promote her preaching. So it's it's a really fun way to both talk about this type of photography, but also Sojourner Truth. So we're going to talk a little bit about that today. Okay. So um, a little bit of background on Sojourner Truth. So she was born Elizabeth Balfrey. Um, she was a slave in upstate New York in 1797, but then she adopted the name Sojourner Truth when she became a Methodist minister in 1843. She traveled widely. Uh, she gave a lot of lectures against slavery. And then she gave her famous speech, Ain't I a Woman, at the Ohio Rights uh, Convention later that year. But she worked during the Civil War to support the Union Army, of course, and um, really fighting against segregation. But her portrait is what is really fascinating. And she used it, as I said, as a way to promote herself. So she would stage her photographs, often looking like a middle-class woman. So she would sometimes hold like a ball of yarn or knitting to show that she is of this status, dressed in nice clothes. And she would sell them to promote herself to be traveling to conventions. And she has a really great quote about the use of her images. She said, I sell the shadow to support the substance. And the term shadow, which, you know, we know as, you know, a reflection or, you know, offset of light, 
But shadow was a widely used term for that new medium of photography of the carta vista. So she was making a play on words because the substance was promoting herself and her lifestyle as a preacher, as also a women's right activist. So the shadow of herself as an image was supporting the substance of her work. So it's a really powerful quote and a, a kind of a great quote to think about, about the use of photography to promote a lifestyle. Yeah, I mean, I've always really liked this story. It's it's almost, well, I mean, it's like a 19th century version of viral marketing, right? Um, as far as I understand, she owned the copyright herself of these yeah. photographs as well, kind of controlled her brand that way in terms of not only legal ownership of her image, but as you're saying, how she presented herself in these images. Yeah, and people have also often compared it to, like you said, like viral social media marketing, but you know, mid 19th century. So she right. had control of her image. She knew what she was utilizing it for, but also that control is a very important point because early in her life as a slave, she had no control. So now and her controlling how she's presented and then having that income from the control of her own life is a substantial thing for her. So she was really, you know, took advantage of this new form of photography, which, you know, was introduced from France right before the civil war. And um, the camera actually was, um, the photographer used about four to eight different lenses, which is how they got so many different types of photographs to make the carte de vista image. Beforehand, it was not, you wouldn't be able to reproduce so many copies of this photograph uh, with the earlier types of plate photographs. And we have some examples of those within the collections um, at the Methodist Archives, both on the commission side, as well as the Drew University Special Collections. Oh, cool. So looking at like kind of the, the history of photography here with Sojourner Truth is something that is, is really intriguing. And um, she's following a time during the Civil War where soldiers would have their own photographs and kind of trade them with one another. So there was okay. this, this big kind of culture of the importance of your image and photography that was being kind of established. Yeah, I know Lincoln was doing the sort of the same thing at the same time, too. Yeah, she was not alone in this endeavor, but it was, I think, obviously, we see it now as a very important tool that she utilized because of her position and because of what she was trying to promote at the time, you know, promoting anti-slavery, promoting feminism, um, a women's right activist and abolitionist. So she was using this for so many great means, not to say that Lincoln wasn't using his image, but Sojourner Truth was a wonderful activist. And she also had some really um, dis big disagreements with a lot of the women's right activists at the time, because there were some issues over people agreeing over the 14th and 15th amendments in the late 1860s. So she then refused to separate race from sex, um, insisting that it was important that Black women's voices were heard in the freedom movement. And a lot of people disagreed with her. So that caused a rift between them. And Sojourner Truth was never seen as this like substantial figure of the women's right movement, but it, she, she really should be. She should be one of the names that people know as much as they know Susan B. Anthony. That's a, that's a fascinating and very impactful use of new media technology. And not only, you know, media technology in the sense of photography, but producing an image and sharing it, the physical artifact. Yeah. And I think it's something to we could, should always consider when we're looking at these older photographs on this way of communication with them, because it wasn't just a photograph to just sit still or be on a wall. It was meant to be engaged with that someone would collect her image or, you know, go to hear her speak and buy that image because they wanted as a souvenir of saying, I heard her speak. So these are really powerful images that we have now that we should uh, really take a look at. Thanks for sharing this with us, Candace. You're very welcome. 
That's our show. Be sure to check out the images of the materials we've discussed on this and other episodes of Drew Archives in 10 by visiting the Drew Archives and Special Collections website at www.drew.edu forward slash library forward slash media. You can also check out images of the archives material at the Drew University Participatory Archives at dupaarchive.org. There's a lot of great stuff there, so be sure to check it out. For myself, Dr. Andrew Salvati, and for Candace Riley, be well, stay safe, and we'll see you next time on Drew Archives in 10.